0: Oh baby, what a catch! Kenny got day. You're a freak. What a catch! Touchdown, Detroit Lions. <laughs> Cornbread. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in,
1: Welcome to the Detroit Kool Aid. It's a uh, Friday, and this is Griff coming at you today. Um, once again, now, Derek had his Wednesday show, did it with uh, Logan Lamorand-Deer. Uh, Logan dropped some knowledge and uh, some opinions on the Detroit Lions. Uh, Derek was there asking him some poignant questions and having his quips like he usually does. Hope you guys all enjoyed that show, but uh, you just get me today. Um, as it uh, is Friday, of course, I'm going to start off with a re- weather report like usual, considering, what, uh, three-quarters of the United States was you know gripped by a weather winter weather storm this uh, week. Everybody's probably still inside, either shoveling out, or uh, just not wanting to go outside and play in the snow. But uh, this weekend, it is supposed to be a little warmer here in Michigan. I mean, by a little warmer, I mean low to mid-20s as opposed to the single digits that we have seen earlier this week. So, I mean, yeah, there's no football happening, so feel free. You know, you got, probably got some other things you guys want to do. Catch up on some, uh, you know, DVRs or, you know... Watch something on Netflix, you know, do some stuff with the kids. Go outside, go sledding. It's actually a nice weekend to go sledding. That's what I'll be doing with my daughters. But uh, anyways, uh, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. So uh, first thing I wanted to touch base on was uh, Kenny Galladay. They were uh, thinking about uh, do using the franchise tag on him. That was uh, one thing that was mentioned that w- would be a possibility with him. Now, as always, uh, the franchise tag it pays you in the uh, the top amount at your position. I know I said before the season even started that Kenny Galladay would be looking for something roughly 17 mil north per year. And um, as on a previous show, Derek mentioned, I mentioned it, and Derek said uh, it could have been old information that he turned on a 16 million a year offer. So uh, I'm not quite for sure what uh, Kenny's looking for. There's always these rumors of him going to another team as well, and the one that was out there was the New York Giants. I, I do remember that one. But um, the franchise tag, I remember when it first came out, players were all for it because it guaranteed him a spot on the team and you know guaranteed them money, and now it seems like... Uh, Players don't like that anymore. They don't like having the uh, franchise being franchise tagged. It really limits their options. I know some of them hold out when they're franchise tagged. I'm not sure if Kenny would do that or even if they would franchise him. Having the Lions only having Quintus Cephas as their only you know, viable wide receiver right now, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty thin there. So I could see why they would look to do that. I think it would be beneficial for the team to re-sign Kenny Galladay. I know he was injured most of last year. Part of that could have been just by the season the Lions were having, and maybe, eh, who knows, maybe he didn't like Matt Patricia. Seems like a lot of players didn't like him, and they were happy to see him go. But uh, I don't know if Kenny Galladay wants to be here. Like I mentioned on a prior episode, that uh, after he heard Dan Campbell's press conference, he you know said he laughed out loud. So maybe he's not taking the coach seriously. That would make it pretty difficult for him to, you know, listen to him, pay attention to him. My thoughts on it: if they get, if they do franchise tag him, I'm all for it. It's one year, and uh, they can see what he can do. If they like him, maybe they do break the bank for him. Maybe he does bounce back and have the year like he did in was it 2019, where he just was, you know, all out for the Lions, and we were all so impressed by him, and he was that wide receiver that we were looking for after Calvin Johnson. So it's a one-year deal you know i don't know like it don't, i don't know if kenny will sign or not if he if he wants to go somewhere else you know good luck to you i don't have an issue with it if he does if the lines do franchise him it, there's always that possibility they franchise him then they do the sign and trade naturally with the sign and trade whoever he goes to they're going to want to work out a long-term deal before you know before the trade is you know you know consummated simply because you're not gonna wanna pick up a guy for one year on, on a franchise tag I'm, I'm out so they're gonna look to uh they would they would also look to extend him as well so there's still many options here for the Lions with Kenny Galladay what they want to do and the franchise tag is out there for him if if he signs cool if not no big deal I guess the Lions have to find somebody else there's a, it's a pretty deep draft for wide receivers I'm sure Derek has a um, you know, a plethora of wide receivers out there, you know, through the first round all the way through the uh, end of the draft that uh, he he feels could fit the Lions, and I'm sure he'll bring you that information as well. Um, there's obviously some Mac, mock drafts out there, and Jalen Waddle, you know, some people have taken them, and um, Devontae Smith's out there, Jamar Chase, all first-round picks at number seven. Me personally, um, I mean. They're all good. That they all, they're all they all the certain skill set they're looking for. They're all burners. Lions haven't had a burner on the field in a while. So, but once again, it's a deep draft. I mean, I I said in a prior show with Derek, what would you take? I'm like defense, defense, defense. That's that's really what this team needs. It's a deep draft a wide, for wide receivers. You can get one later, and maybe you know sign somebody as a free agent, something like that. So, I I don't think the Lions are all diehard. I'll have to go all in on Kenny Galladay, if they do franchise him. Cool. Uh, next thing I want to talk about here, really quick, is I saw this article. It was, you know, possible free agents, you know, cheap free agents that uh, the Lions may, you know, look to bring in. And there's the last one was a surprise one. It said uh, Jared Davis. You know, bring Jared Davis back. And I saw that and I was just like, why? Why bring him back once again? Why? And People are, I know, like I said, people are like, well, they didn't use him right. They didn't, you know, you you didn't fit the scheme. They got to do something else with him. And, yeah, I guess that's a possibility. But I think at this point as Lions fans, we kind of know what Jared Davis can do. You know, what he has. I, I don't see this guy all of a sudden taking a big leap forward and he's becoming some, you know, maybe a possible pro bowler, you know, something like that. I I don't see that out of Jared Davis. He just doesn't seem – he's he's very Ernie Sims to me. If uh, anybody remembers Ernie Sims, he was very point and shoot. He, he was fast, and, you know, he could tackle, you know, somewhat. But Ernie Sims also had a lot of drawbacks that made him not as effective even when – he moved on too. They ended up, you know, moving on from him, and he went to the Eagles. And he wasn't very good from Philadelphia. And I just think, Jared Davis, we we know what he can do. So if you want to bring him back, I think it's just almost kind of like a waste or like you're kind of settling, I guess. I mean, why why would you? I mean, I don't know. It's I, I was, after reading this, I was trying to rack my brain of players that have been here. And... And the Lions let them go. I'm not talking after, you know, they signed, you know, the rookie deal and then signed another contract and left late in their career. I'm talking, like, early on. And everybody's going to point to Kyle Vannoy. And I, I get it. I understand Kyle Vannoy. I mean, we've all heard the story about one of the assistant coaches looked at him at one point in his rookie training camp said, we don't know what to do with you. you know, like, and that's just one. That's one poor coaching. Two, I mean, even the general manager, if you don't know how to use the guy or what you're going to do with him or how he even fits your team, why draft him? And Kyle Van went to New England. Had a very, you know, was very solid there. It, you know, was good won a Super Bowl ring there. Uh, was signed with Miami last year. You know, he was decent for Miami last year, but there's been so many other guys that the Lions have gotten rid of when they were young like that. And like I said, I really can't think of anybody. And somebody's gonna point to me and say, "Well, look at Eric Ebron. Look what he did in Indianapolis. He went to the Pro Bowl the next year, and he was he was great. They threw him the ball, and he, he caught everything." I just think Eric Ebron was very motivated right there. There's a difference between being motivated and being good. I think you just really want to show the Lions up that they made a mistake. You should have kept me. But then the next year when he was in Indianapolis, it started to come back out again. No, Eric Ebron kind of went back to himself. Water found its level with Eric Ebron. He was he was what he was. He was here in, in Detroit. He dropped the ball a lot. Won that great. You know, and obviously Indianapolis was more than happy to kick him into the curb as well. And then he went to Pittsburgh, and, you know, Eric Ebron's out there doing some tweets about, you know, going to Pittsburgh and blah, 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 and, you know, having some success there. But still, you had a lot of drops there as well, and you're still – you're you're completely average, dude, at best. So were the Lions sad to lose him? No. Was I sad to see him go? No. So it's it's happened, you know, for even in the recent history of guys – I remember when there was the talk after, was it Roy Williams and Kevin Jones? There was a talk like they were not they were going to let those guys go before they're under the contract as well. And it kind of punched me in the stomach. And I was just like, wow, man, that's a couple high draft picks. And gosh, they could be good if they did this and did that. And they just used them right. And then after a little bit, I kind of step, took a step back. And I was just like, why? They haven't really done anything here anyways. I mean... Roy Williams was always Mr. Gator arm if he, if he was going to get hit, hit, if he watches tapes. I mean, yeah, he had a couple of nice catches, but the guy didn't like to get hit at all. Kevin Jones has always looked to run to the outside like he did in college. He was fast, but he could often get to the outside. The guy wasn't running up the middle at all. If he was, he was always bouncing it to the outside, trying to get to the outside, and he was getting tackled, you know, for like a couple-yard gain. That guy never busted off any run, runs at all. I mean Javid best, we all know him. We were all happy when they drafted him, but the whole thing with him was this concussion issue that he had out at Cal, and that's what peaked its head its head here. So there was somebody else at the lines let go, pretty young. You know, Kevin Smith. I mean we joke about Kevin Smith, you know. He was one of those guys, he would just yeah, he had a lot of carries at um at Central Florida. And he was a workhorse down here, but when he got to the pros he just wasn't fast hitting the hole. He seemed to get tackled relatively easy. He couldn't break a whole lot of tackles, and there was another guy that the Lions let go. It's just one of those things where Jared Davis, we're just going to hang on to him because he may fit, he, he may do something, I, I just don't see it. It's, I mean, I, once again, I could possibly I could totally be wrong, and I would be completely fine with that. I mean, okay, you know, eat some crow, but I don't think so. I think yeah, it's my lazy, lazy boy, uh, as Derek says, lazy boy scouting. It doesn't take a whole lot to see that Jared Davis ain't that great. He's not. I mean, the guy can kick rocks. The guy can't cover a coffee table. And, yeah, he's he's a total point-and-shoot player. It's just like, Jared Davis, you run here, he'll go do it, and he'll be really good at it. But if you ask that guy to read and react at anything, he's not good at that. He's he's Ernie Sims. That's what he is. So, you know, see you later, Ernie. You know, see you later, Ernie Slims slash Jared Davis. You guys are one and the same. Go somewhere else. You might have a, you know a little bit of luck. But, like I said, it seems at this point – the Lions have a little bit of a you know of track hit, you know a history of, of, of that, you know if they let them go, yeah they might have a little modicum of success somewhere else, but it doesn't happen very often. It's usually just a dra- bad draft pick. So as Jared Davis, I, I don't want him back at all. Um, another one that uh, I, I saw an article recently as well that uh, Jeff Okuda was the uh, ranked as the worst first round draft pick last year. And you know, of course, it caught my eye, and of course, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna read it. And as I read it, I totally it totally made sense based on where he was drafted, how he played, which was pretty bad. And we will admit that he had a very very bad rookie year and struggled a lot. And everybody will mention, well, you know, learning you know to play quarterback in the NFL, it's it's a hard transition from college, and maybe he didn't fit in the system exactly what. Uh, you know, Matt Pat wanted to use him as what he played at Ohio State. Ohio State, he was more of a press man right at the line. Matt Patricia, they liked they said they liked to play it, but it always seemed like Okuda was always backed up a couple steps. Maybe because we know Okuda's not the fastest guy. He's not t Tabor slow, but he wasn't the fastest guy either. So maybe they're more worried about him getting beat off the uh, off the line and just getting blown by, and the quarterback's just going to do an easy pitch and catch to a guy just running down the sideline. Maybe that's why. Um but I, I still think Jeff is strong enough to knock a wide receiver off his off his route early on. So you got to get him up there. You got to do almost like a bump and run, of press coverage with him, and that's what I don't think Matt Pat did with him. So I, I I saw I totally saw the the article's point of view, but I don't think he's the worst player in the first round. I mean, to say like, yeah, his production based on where he was drafted, yes, it was. Pretty poor, so yes. But I highly doubt he's the worst, the worst first round pick, the worst player, I guess, in the first round. I mean, he was drafted, you know, third for a reason. We all, we all assumed he was good. Some people think it's where I think taking a tight end early on is is bad. Some people find taking a cornerback really high is bad as well. They they don't like it. It's just once again, it's just opinion. It's and you're entitled to your opinion. If you, if you think it's a luxury pick or if you think you can get cornerbacks a little later. Or, you know Cornerbacks in the first round are not an odd thing. It happens a lot. Just taking one that high, people don't like it. But, I mean, I didn't mind it. I, I still think he's going to be good. So it's just one of those things where I think that's all it's going to have to do is motivate him. And he's going to become better for it. And he just sees that. He sees that and it's just going to motivate him to be the better player. To the, the help out the Lions down the long run, you know, maybe he needs that little pat on the back from the new coaching regime, you know, Aaron Glenn's going to help him out, he knows the position, he played in the NFL for years, so it can only help him get better, and I think, I still think the same can be said for uh, AO as well, having Aaron Glenn as the defense coordinator, knowing the position, it could help those two young guys really step up, and I, I'm not, I'm not expecting Desmond Trufant to be around. I mean, that guy was a big disappointment. I'm looking for him to be a cap casualty, and maybe the Lions can get some money saved by getting rid of him. But the uh, Lions Ly- got young cornerbacks, Okuda and um, warrior and Aaron Glenn's going to help him out. So, you know, Jeff Okuda, take that article for what it's worth. Use it as motivation. Use it as, you know, billboard material, whatever you want to call it. But I can see you having a definite bounce back here in year two here with the Lions. Let's do this here really quick before I get into uh, my next subject. Let's take a pause for the cause, pay some bills here. you hear a couple ads. Once again, thanks for uh, supporting our sponsors, Anchor. And you'll hear an ad for uh, Derek's Believe in Lines podcast with Benny Blades. It's a good show. Benny's got some good stories there. And um, him and Derek, um, Benny Blades and Derek, they do have their little banters back and forth and uh, have their disagreements and agreements. It's a good show. You should give it a listen. And Once again, you can find that at any place that has a... To your happy place for a happy price.
0: Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakery of the Detroit Kool Aid Cast. And this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors. But today, I want to tell you about my other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions. And that's spelled B L E A V on the Believe Podcasting Network with both myself and Lions Legendary Safety. Benny Blades, yeah, you know who he is—the hard-hitting safety. Benny Blades played for the Lions. He also played for the U. You know what it is—the University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes. He mentions it multiple times the show. Benny loves to talk about his Hurricanes, his Lions, and I love to play the soundbite on the show. <laughs> We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh. We joke. We talk Lions. Like I said, he brings up the Hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's it's a really fun show. Benny loves the Lions. He tells great stories from his playing days as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe and lines with myself and Benny blades thank you guys
1: so much welcome back everybody to the Detroit kool Uh thanks for listening to our sponsors I appreciate it uh, once again you know uh, find us tell your friends uh, hit subscribe listen to us and uh, once again leave a uh, you know a nice uh, feedback for us it can only help us out and uh, if we we love hearing from you guys uh, you know people you know hit us up on Twitter at um, you know at Derek Oaker or at Grifka Dkc or well, feel free to call in at the caller text at 989. 989- 272-3484 that's on 989-272 Kevin Smith Herman Moore uh, give us a call give us a text actually we'd like to know your opinion on some stuff so uh, or how you even feel about the upcoming lines? how you feel about Dan Campbell as a coach that would be nice to hear as well so um, uh, my next topic what I really want to touch base on is now that uh, Jared Goff is on the Lions I know at one point last year prior to the season I did a show of ranking positions in the division and it made, once again, made me start to think of where, uh, you know, with Matt Stafford gone, I had him right behind uh, Aaron Rodgers. But uh, where's Jared Goff fit in this div- division? It seems like there's going to still be a lot of turnover. It seems like every team, from what I've heard in this division, could have a new starting quarterback going into next year. Uh, there's rumors, the scene about Carson Wentz getting traded to the Chicago Bears. Um... Was it the 49ers were looking, were talking about trading for Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, looking to move on from Green Bay, so Green Bay could, you know, you know, see what Jordan Love could do. So it's hard to say exactly where Jared Goff fits in, based on not quite knowing who's going to be here for every other team in the division. And if I was, if we started with. At the beginning of next year, with the exact same starters that we have now, that we know of, talking Mitch in Chicago, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. If I, once again, if I was to break it down, obviously Aaron Rodgers is head and shoulders better than any quarterback in the, any other quarterback in this division. You know, hands down, not even close. I mean, I, I think he gets some calls. I think he's smug. I think he's a crybaby. But let's face it. I mean, once again, guy's good. You know, can't, can't stunt, he is. Um, now, Jared Goff, I mean, a lot of people are going to point to. I know there's points where Derek points at Kirk Cousins' stats. Like, well, look what he's done the last few years. Look what he's done. But I still think Kirk Cousins is a completely average quarterback. You know, uh, he's just, I don't know. He seems like he had. he's had some talent in Minnesota, and he does stuff with it. But then he's had some talent in Minnesota, and he hasn't done anything with it. When he was in Washington, he didn't have the greatest supporting cast, but he'd always put up kind of decent years with Washington. I just think he's an average quarterback. Do I think he's better than Jared Goff? I mean, if you're going to look at people are comparing, was it Matt Stafford's numbers to Jared Goff's numbers and saying how similar there are. I mean, if that's the case, I'm going to say, well, no, because I always thought Stafford was better than Kirk Cousins. So, I mean, if you're going to compare Jared Goff and Matt Stafford, I'm going to say Jared Goff's better than Kirk Cousins. Now people are gonna be like, "Well, you can't do that just based on some stats or two different divisions." And but if I mean, if that's the case, I think everybody's going to agree that for that time, the NFC West had better defenses that Kirk that Jared Goff faced than what Matt the Matt Stafford faced here in this division. I always thought Green Bay's defense was a little overrated, which I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I still think Minnesota's or Green Bay's defense gets some calls. I mean, based on them being Green Bay, I mean. The Monday night game two years ago, we were there. Saw a couple of plays on defense that the Green Bay defense did. I still think there's other times where they're allowed to do a little more grabbing and stuff like that, where they get away with it. But I mean, okay, I mean the Smith boys on, on that defense, yeah, they're good for for that defense, and I guess it fits their their defense. But I think they're completely. I, I think they're okay. I don't think they're great. If you disagree with me, feel free hit me up on Twitter at, at GriffkidDKC or calling on the on the on the line. But Green Bay is Green Bay. I mean, I think we all saw them later in the playoffs how much their defense got exposed, about how com- completely average it was, and, and that's the case. Uh, Minnesota's defense really took a step back the last couple years. They used to be the creme de la creme in this in this division. I really liked Minnesota's defense, all the players on there. So. But the Last couple years, like Zimmer just hasn't had the defense that he has. And Chicago's defense, really up and down. A couple years ago, really good. Last year, eh, a little bit of average. Eh, not that great. But then the same could be said, if you look at what Jared Goff took on out in the NFC West, Seattle's defense used to be the creme de la creme. Last couple years, they haven't been that great. I mean, I still think they got that moniker. People think, you know, they're great no matter what because they're Seattle, and everybody remembers the Legion of Boom out there, and all the players they used to have. But go check the numbers. The last couple of years, they've been a little below average. San Francisco. San Francisco's defense, when Jared Goff first came out there, was it was only okay. But then uh, Sala really turned it around. You know, and that defense has probably been the best defense that he's had to face out there the last uh, few years. That's once again my, just my opinion. You could feel different, and I think Arizona's defense. Arizona's defense—they have a good defense. I mean, they got some you know fast players. They're they're talented. They have a couple holes here and there, but mostly that defense flies around. They, they're attacking all the time. They're always looking to put pressure on a quarterback and putting. Everybody knows the best way to get a young quarterback, you know, out of his game is to throw pressure at him, and that's what Arizona does. Those guys—they're—they're they're, they're flying around the field. But there's just some holes there where that the defense that they they get exposed at points, and that's why Arizona's not out there, you know, you know, running away with the division. I mean that their offense, you know, at points is coming along too, but still their defense has held a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of times that Arizona team in, in games because of that defense. So to say like Matt Stafford and Jared Goff, you can't compare them because they're in two different divisions. I still think that kind of the talent levels they were facing were very similar so to say that their numbers to compare their numbers to say apples and oranges two different divisions blah 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 the talent I would say no. I would say it's apples it's the apples on that based on what they're doing so with that being said am I going to put Jared Goff above Kirk Cousins of course I'm going to put you know Jared Goff above Kirk Cousins everybody knows how I think about Kirk Cousins it's almost how Derek feels about Ryan Tannehill you know that he's terrible that he sucks he's not great even though Ryan Tannehill, you know, throwing you know, throw up, you know, put the team in the, you know, on his back a couple times and uh, put him in the playoffs, and it was like, well, it's Derrick Henry. Well, you're right, Derrick Henry's run, but still, you have to have a quarterback to be able to chuck the ball around, and that's what Ryan Tannehill does. So, you know, I, you know, I don't think Ryan Tannehill's that great, but you know, if you're gonna, you're gonna throw the wins and losses, because that gets thrown at me sometimes. Well, look, he's got the wins. Okay. Well, if that's the case, Jared Goff's got the wins. Jared Goff's been to Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, they, he, he struggled in it against New England's defense. And I know St. Louis, or not St. Louis, I know the Los Angeles Rams had a great defense at that time. And even, you know, recently their defense has has been pretty decent. You know, it's been good. So, he's just last year, Golf. I mean, I think some of it was, they kind of stopped doing what, you know, Golf. you know, I think kind of performs a little better at. I think you got to move them out of the pocket a little more. I don't think you can just put them back in there. Um, um, the Rams' offensive line—it's been okay to decent. I would—I would say it's very similar to Detroit's offensive line. Uh, maybe Detroit's is a little better, younger, up and coming at this point. Where the, a couple—you know—a couple years ago, to um, yeah, a couple years ago, probably I would have to say Los Angeles had a better offensive line for Jared Goff to run behind and play behind, as opposed to Matt Stafford. And even at this point. Um, you could compare the running game which obviously takes pressure off the quarterback to make a lot of plays if you have a running game um it seems like los angeles has always had a, a pretty decent running game with that too so and obviously detroits is up and coming they got swift and they just need to find uh you know a, a, another back back there to help him out you know carry-ons back there but nobody's putting a lot of stock in him so Jared Goff better than Kirk Cousins of course and then everybody knows everybody knows that listens to the show knows how I feel about Mitch I mean it seems like that guy they just don't want him around They but he shows up against the Lions but I think that has more to do with like you know Matt Patricia and his awesome scheme and whatever than you know him you know Mitch being any good because he pretty much blows against any other team but uh Mitch, I don't, I don't care who they get. They can go get Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz, I still believe, can still be a decent quarterback, but he's not there. So I'm comparing Jared Goff against Mitch, and far and away, Jared Goff's better than Mitch. And, I, and people can say, oh, Mitch is coming along. He's making plays. He's doing that. But once again, he's another one of those quarterbacks where water finds its level. He is what he is. And gosh, the Bears giving up what they did to trade up for that, you know, to get that guy. Congratulations. That's just right there. You're getting a golf clap for that because that was just one of the dumbest trades I've ever seen. So, still, I mean, if we were going with the quarterbacks that are currently in this division without any trades, any moves being made, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay, you know, obviously I would put it, you know, maybe this is just me drinking the blue Kool Aid, but uh, of course I'm taking. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers first, Jared Goff second, Kirk Cousins third, and then Mitch as the final, as the final, final quarterback in this division, but I mean, it's really honest, I mean, gosh, we're still, you know, a little bit away from the draft, so there's always all these moving parts, and even the four-letter network's calling this off-season the, uh the quarterback carousel, you know, everybody's just waiting for everything to fall, and you know the first one to move obviously was Stafford and there's still all that big rumor that uh was it that Houston could move on from Watson even though Houston's like we have no we're not trading them at all well everybody's tradable as long as you uh as long as you get the right deal for it so they're obviously not you know dumb Houston's not that dumb to turn down something but well they've made bad trades in the past too um, DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins I still think they're uh you know, wondering about that there in Houston, but, uh, there's a, we're, we're just hoping golf comes here and, and, and kind of, you know, balls out kind of goes back to like, you know, leaning into the playoffs and it's going to be uh it's going to be tough. I mean, that's why they have to go get another wide receiver. You know, like I said, either they're going to franchise, like I mentioned before, they're going to franchise Kenny Galladay, or they're going to have to go sign a free agent and draft one, you know, in the first couple rounds. But, uh, there's there's a little bit of a talent gap here, but I think Goff could be okay. I don't I don't believe he's the guy like Matt Stafford that can make any any wide receiver you know, throw up good stats with any wide receivers. I mean, yeah, we always talk about how we had Nate Burleson and Calvin Johnson and you know, we had Marvin Jones later and Kenny Galladay, but hey, we all remember those games where his like his number one wide receiver was, you know, Chris Durham. I mean, and everybody's gonna be like, uh, who? I, exactly, Chris Durham. So even though they were roommates in college and they were friends and you kind of knew them, but still. I mean, Chris Durham obviously wasn't a pro wide receiver. There's plenty of times where Matt Stafford has had, like, nobody to throw the ball to. So Jared Goff, I don't think he's that guy that's making a whole lot of wide receivers better. I think he's a guy that needs talent around him for him to succeed. I, I, he's a, So the Lions can't come into next year with – a really lackluster wide receiver core, hoping that DeAndre Swift can just carry the load, be like one of those old workhorse running backs. And the last one I can really remember is Adrian Peterson. I mean, some people might say Zeke Elliott down at Dallas, but even Dalvin Cook up in Minnesota. But I, I don't think DeAndre Swift's as good as those guys at this point. So they need another running back back there. And that wide, that offensive line, they need a right side. So... Jared Goff, I mean, he's still probably the second-best quarterback in this division, in my humble opinion. I mean, if you feel different, hit me up on Twitter. I'd be fine with that. Once again, I'm at GrifkaDKC. Or, you know, you can find Derek at Derek Oakry. You know, he'd be more than happy to uh, put his opinion in there as well. But um, there's uh, still a lot of moving parts on this team. Still a little bit to go before uh, we kind of know what this is going to be on the field. And like I mentioned on a previous episode, Dan Campbell said, you know, trust in the process, trust in the process. But they're going to ride Jared Goff at least for the next couple years. I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. I don't see him taking a quarterback high, you know, in, in this year's draft. Maybe next year, depending on what Jared Goff does this year. But as as we mentioned, Brad Holmes likes him. Brad Holmes scouted him. You know, he brought him here for a reason. He wasn't just a throw-in, as everybody says. So they're going to ride him this year, and they're going to look to build this team other places. So, Jared Goff, be the second-best quarterback in this division. We would love to see it. So um, it's been uh, pretty pretty interesting offseason so far, and we still have a long way to go before uh, any off offseason workouts, any, you know, obviously, uh, you know, training camps. But uh, there's always news coming out of Detroit, it seems, uh, this time of year. And uh, we're pretty excited for the offseason, you know. So, well, that's all I got for today. I do appreciate you guys listening. And once again, it's Friday. You know, everybody stay warm, stay safe. You know, hopefully, uh, if, you, if you had the chance to get the vaccine, c- congratulations. I know still a lot of people are waiting for it. But I uh, appreciate you all listening. So, everybody, you know, have a good weekend. And as always, drink it in, man. Pack the bags, start the
0: play. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.